Hello and welcome to the Monday edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today we're going to look at God's plan for the Jewish people. There's been a debate regarding the status of the Jewish people since Jesus' death more than 2,000 years ago. And today, Rabbi Schneider is going to be revealing the role and the scriptural call for the Jewish people. This message comes from our series on Messianic Prophecy. And if you've missed any of the previous messages, or if you'd like to take some notes, make sure to download Rabbi's Study Guide. You'll find it online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And right now, here is Rabbi Schneider with today's message. Paul said in the book of Romans, chapter three, verse 29, this, or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, Paul said, of Gentiles also. This is what Isaiah was speaking of before Messiah appeared in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Isaiah 60, verse 3, nations would come to his light. We as Jewish people, oftentimes, we think of ourselves as God's chosen people, but we have to understand what it means to be chosen. We were chosen to be the couriers through which Messiah would come to the entire world through. And so we need to understand that God is the God of the entire world, that he loves Jew and Gentile equally and alike in Messiah Yeshua. That's why Paul tells us that in Yeshua, the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile has been broken down, that Jew and Gentile have become one in Jesus. It's an interesting thing that the Lord kept Israel separate to keep them as a special people through whom which Messiah would come into the world through. But unfortunately, sometimes the separateness of the Jewish people has caused a division between Jew and Gentile relating to each other. This is why Paul was upset in his prophetic writings when one of the other apostles was kind of being double-minded and two-faced When he was with Jewish people, he lived like a Jew. Then when he was with Gentile people, this other apostle let his guard down a little bit and was friendly with the Gentiles. But then when the Jewish people came to where Peter was being friendly with the Gentiles, Peter then began to kind of like withdraw from the Gentiles because he didn't want the Jewish people that had come to observe him being friendly with Gentiles. So Paul rebuked Peter to his face and said, you're being a hypocrite. God has called us to be one in Messiah, Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. So don't bow down to this political and religious pressure thinking that you can't have fellowship with Gentiles when Jewish people are around. So I'm simply saying that we see revealed in the ancient prophetic writings that when Messiah came, he would break down the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile that would become one in Messiah, that there would be only one pathway to the Lord. It's not through the law. It's through Messiah who became our righteousness and took our iniquity and sin in his own body on the tree. 
I wanted, however, to take things a different direction now. Now that we understand that Jew and Gentile are one in Messiah, that there's no discrimination in the Lord, now that we've laid that foundation and see how this was indicated in Messianic prophecy that it would be the case, going back to the book of Isaiah, but now I want to go a different direction, and I want to talk about the fact that we have gone so far in minimizing the role that Jewish people play, that we have lost something in the process. You see, the scripture says there's no longer Jew or Gentile. There's no longer Jew or Greek. It's no longer male or female. We're all one in Messiah. And what Paul was referring to there when he said there's neither Jew or Gentile, there's neither male or female, we're all one in Messiah, What Paul was referring to there is not that there are not still distinctions. There are differences between men and women, right? I mean, does anybody have to really argue with that? All we have to do is look at the anatomy of male and female. Oftentimes, there's a huge psychological difference between the female brain and the male brain. I realize there's exceptions and there's a little man in every woman, a little woman in every man in terms of uh, each one being able to adopt and share some of the other sex's attributes. In other words, as men, we have a real strong initiative, but that doesn't mean that as a man, I can't also be nurturing. So the nurturing characteristic would be a more feminine characteristic. So there's some of each of the male and female qualities in both male and female, even as some women are real drivers, which is generally a male characteristic. But still, there's distinctions between men and women. Generally speaking, women are more nurturing. Men are more drivers. Women are more relational-oriented. Men are more goal-oriented. And Putting that aside, if someone want to argue with that, let's just simply say, if we just look at the scientific anatomy of men and women, there's a difference between a male and a female. So when Paul said there's no longer male or female, he wasn't saying that there's no distinction anymore. What he meant was, beloved ones, that there is no discrimination. Paul said there's no longer male or female, Jew or Gentile. He wasn't speaking about distinctions, he was speaking about discriminations. The Jew and Gentile now come to Messiah on equal footing, but there are still distinctions. And unfortunately, many in the church have gone so far to neutralize the role that Israel plays, the role that the physical descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob play, and the future destiny that God has for the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the church has so minimized that that we have lost a huge core part of the heart of God and indeed the revelation of Scripture. I want to communicate to you, beloved one, today that God still has a huge distinctive role for Israel during this time. And there's a huge role that Israel is going to be playing eschatologically or in the future of God's redemptive plan. I'm going to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 32. This is often called the Song of Moses. And there's a very mysterious and oftentimes overlooked verse here. Some of you are in the habit of reading through the Bible every year or every three years and undoubtedly and you're reading through the Bible, you've read this verse before. But 
I would guess that for many, this verse has gone right over our heads when we've read it. Let's read it now, beloved ones, with a new consideration. Hear the word of God, Deuteronomy 32.8. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of man, he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, who is Israel and his 12 sons, is the allotment of his inheritance. Let's consider verse 8 again. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated, this is creation, the sons of man, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. Beloved, this is creation language. When God created the world, when he created the sons of men, when he set the boundaries of the nation, he did it through the funnel, through the lens of Israel. Israel is center. Israel was center, and Israel will be center. Yeshua said in the Gospels to the Jewish people, you will not see me again until you're saying, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, Yeshua was saying he will not return until his Jewish kinsmen, the Israelites in the flesh, his own people, until his own people, the Jewish people, are saying, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus said, I'm not coming back until my own people, the Hebrews, call upon me to return. You see, beloved, his coming back will not happen for you until it happens for Israel. Listen to what I just said. Jesus is not coming back for you until Israel is calling upon him to return. God's redemptive purposes are intricately bound with the salvation of Israel. But many in the church today have completely overlooked Israel. They don't teach on Israel. All they talk about is the kingdom now. The kingdom is here. The charismatic gifts, body life, spirit life. They turn up the amplifiers in the sanctuaries to try to make people feel what they're telling them is the Holy Spirit. And Israel is completely left out of the picture. But when you read the writings in the Hebrew Bible, and when you read the writings of the Apostle Paul, it's far from the case. When you read the writings of the Apostle Paul, you find that Israel's salvation and God's covenant people, his first covenant people coming to faith, is intricately bound up in all that God is doing on the earth. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi will be right back. Over the last few decades, God's people have come to associate the rainbow with the LGBTQ community. But are we more conformed to the world than God's Word? Revelation 4 tells us, and there was a rainbow around God's throne. This July 28th through the 30th, join Rabbi Schneider as he leads a movement across the globe to take the rainbow back. Visit takingtherainbowback.com. When you give to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, it allows us to spend more time focusing on what really matters. And for us, 
That means getting God's Word out to as many people as possible. And right now, at this very moment, there is someone who needs to hear Rabbi's practical biblical teaching, and your financial gift is what makes that possible. To donate, go online to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now to conclude today's message, here's Rabbi Schneider. Listen to what Paul said, for example, in the book of Romans chapter 11, beginning in verse number 15. The grass withers and the flowers fade and the word of God abides forever. Now, why am I talking about this? Because I've been talking about the messianic prophecies that enlighten us to the fact that when Messiah came, his ministry would extend to the entire world, Jew and Gentile alike, that Jew and Gentile would be one in Messiah. But in that understanding, too many have cast Israel's special role off completely. They don't want Israel to be special. They want to be first. They don't want Israel to have a special role because that threatens their own role. And so they've cast the role of Israel in God's redemptive plan out of their theology. They don't talk about Israel. Many within the church don't even preach the gospel of the Jewish people, and they condemn Jews like myself that are because it makes Jewish people mad, and they're more concerned with being friends with Jewish people than they are with preaching the truth to Jewish people. Jesus said to his own people, unless you believe that I am healed, die in your sins. It's to the Jew first and also to the Greek that the gospel comes. So we have too many in the church, they've cast out Israel's role. They even condemn Jews like myself that are preaching the gospel to the Jewish people. They just want to be loved and affirmed by Jewish people, but they don't want to offend them by sharing the gospel with them. They're so romanticized by the fact that the Jews are God's first covenant people. They think, Who am I to share my faith with them? And when someone has that type of attitude, it shows a deep lack of faith in the word of God. Listen to what Paul said. He said, if their rejection, I'm reading from the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 15. He's speaking of Israel to the church, to the Gentiles. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what does he mean? That because Israel, the Israelites in the flesh, rejected Jesus by and large, Paul was sent to the Gentiles. So Paul's coming to the Gentiles was because when he went to the Jewish people, they wouldn't listen to him. So Paul says, for their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? In other words, Mr. and Mrs. Gentile, if you were blessed when Jewish people rejected Jesus, how much more are you going to be blessed when Jewish people receive Jesus? That's the point that Paul's making. If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. And if the root is holy, the branches are too. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, he's speaking to Gentiles, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them and became a partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree, listen to this, do not be arrogant toward the branches, but if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you supports the root, but the root supports you. And yet there is a lack of the fear of God in much of the church concerning God's role and scriptural call upon the Jewish people. I mean, how many Jewish preachers are there like myself in the world, Jewish evangelists reaching the ends of the earth? And yet there are Christian networks that won't let me teach on their network because I'm too much of a political hot potato and I offend Jewish people. It's just unbelievable. And we continue on, Paul says in verse 25 here. For I did not want you, brethren, 
to be uninformed of this mystery so that you will not be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved and the deliverer will come forth from Zion. What is Paul saying? That there's a mystery going on. And the mystery is, in God's unsearchable ways, there is a blindness upon Israel today, and this blindness will remain until the fullness of the Gentiles has come into the faith. I believe that the fullness of the Gentiles coming into the faith that Paul is referring to here has to do not only with the number of Gentiles that have come to faith in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah and Savior of the world, but it also pertains to Gentiles understanding their call to reach Israel with the good news of Messiah. Because Paul said in the same book that he was a Jew whose heart was to see Jewish people saved but he still rejoiced in his call to the Gentiles because Paul knew that through reaching the Gentiles, Jewish people would be provoked to jealousy. So Paul said, I magnify my call to the Gentile because in reaching them, I'm going to reach my own people because I know the Gentiles that have a genuine, passionate, fiery love for Jesus will provoke Jewish people to faith in Jesus. And in fact, most Jewish people today have come to faith in Yeshua through the witness of a Gentile. You see, when I witness to a Jewish person as a Jew, they feel they automatically have to defend themselves against me because they think it's such a shameful thing for a Jew to believe in Jesus. But when a Gentile believes in Jesus and starts sharing their faith honestly and humbly, the Jew thinks, well, I know that's what they're supposed to believe. And so they're willing to listen to a Gentile. And so uh, Paul said he magnified his ministry to the Gentile because he knew that through them he'd reach his own people. Listen what the Apostle Paul said in verse number one of chapter 11 of Romans. I say then, God has not rejected his people, speaking of Israel here, has he? May it never be. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. And then he says, no, the gifts and calling of God upon the Jewish people are irrevocable. Listen to what Paul said in Romans, brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them. Who's the them? Israel is for their salvation. And so today we looked at Messianic prophecy dealing with the role of Messiah in reaching the world. But let's not forget that God still has a critical, redemptive, role that he is bringing forth in history to reach Jewish people. And in fact, the Jewish people, reception of Jesus is intricately bound to his return. He's not coming back for you, beloved one, until there's a mass of Jewish people that believe in him and are calling on him to come back. So I want to thank you for supporting me and others like me that are Jewish forerunners preaching the gospel to Jew and Gentile, declaring that Jesus is not just the Savior of the world, He's the Messiah of Israel. Beloved, let's celebrate the Jewish Jesus, because when we meet Him, we're going to meet the one that is going to be called in heaven, the Lion from the tribe of Judah. And we'll meet Him in that heavenly city called New Jerusalem, whose gates are inscribed with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. 
This is Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Rabbi Schneider. Today, Rabbi really laid out God's plan for the Jewish people, and isn't it exciting that we get to be a part of that story? And you know what? There's another story we get to be a part of, and we want you to join with us. We are taking a stand for righteousness, and I'm talking about our Taking the Rainbow Back campaign. It's happening this weekend and we want you to put on your rainbow t-shirt and go out in mass to share the message of God's promise in your city. These shirts are great conversation starters and you can wear them in parks, shopping centers, at sporting events, and wherever you feel led. And to share your photos, videos, and stories with us from this special weekend, make sure to visit our website at takingtherainbowback.com. And if you're not able to get out this weekend, you can also support the movement with your financial gifts and your prayers. And to share a little bit more about that, here is Rabbi Schneider once again. Beloved, I've been praying that Father God would continue to subject me and that I would cooperate with his subjection and come under the blade of his word. The word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and it's ministered to us in the power of the Holy Spirit through Messiah Jesus. In order for this process to take place, I have to be willing to come under His authority. And when we come under His authority, it affects our disciplining of our thoughts, our attitude, our words, everything in life, including how we use our finances. I want to encourage you, surrender your finances to God, to Hashem because we can't enter into the fullness of His presence without being surrendered to Him in every area of our lives. If the Lord is blessing you and feeding you through this ministry and you feel Him urging you to make a donation to Him through it, beloved, just be obedient. There's several easy and convenient ways that you can give to support this ministry. First, you can automate your gift by becoming a monthly partner, and we've made signing up quick and easy when you visit us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Or if you've got your phone handy, text your donation to us by typing the keyword rabbi to the number 45777. You can also send your donation in the mail when you write to discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. And then finally, don't forget that you can give a gift right from the home screen of the Rabbi Schneider mobile app. Just click the donate button in the middle of the screen. The mobile app also has plenty of resources and tools available like our daily devotional, rabbi's articles, and links to all of our social media platforms such as YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure afterwards to share your photos, videos, and stories with us. You can do that at takingtherainbowback.com. And now to speak a blessing over us before Before we wrap, here is Rabbi Schneider. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, When you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartations of the Lord's blessings. Vaishma Recha 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us again next time when Rabbi Schneider reveals the gentle nature of God. That's Tuesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.